0: in the morning when you want the news
1: you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the
2: future of the country
1: not that any of that matters
2: and now the news we'll start the front page with the nca tournament because oral roberts After knocking out two-seed Ohio State, took down Florida to advance to the Sweet 16. They are the second 15-seed ever to advance to the Sweet 16 after Florida Gulf Coast did it a few years ago. They will play Eric Musselman in Arkansas next. uh, The fun fact about Oral Roberts for UNLV fans, they're from the same conference as the Summit League like TJ Otzelberger. Could have been Otzelberger. Could have been taking South Dakota State to the Sweet 16 if he hadn't left said now he's going to Ames
0: it's a very faithful team it says it believes in the the miracles I don't think they think there's they're a miracle themselves but uh, a lot of faith on that team good for them and uh it's cool it's cool that they've advanced muscleman yesterday taking out uh, former UNLV coach Chris Beard and uh now I mean you got a week to prepare if you're muscleman how do you get your kids not to look at that 15 number and think we're in the elite eight
2: well I mean I mean, I, I guess you put on film of the I first game. I assume you can show don't them, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> they beat Ohio they beat State Ohio State. The, yeah. the, the best part about Oral Roberts is they've got their point guard, Abe Smith, who legitimately is pulling up off the dribble from three, from like six, yeah. seven, eight feet yeah. behind the three-point line. And it's 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 one of the hardest things basketball to guard. It's why the Golden State Warriors were so great, is because Steph Curry can shoot off the dribble from uh, 40. as soon as he gets past half court. Yeah. And that's a, what Abe Smith has done for Oral Roberts in the last two games. Now, can that keep up? Yeah, he he was excellent in the regular season against a lesser schedule, uh, which is why they got a 15 seed. Can it keep up? Yeah, that that's the big question because what they did against Ohio State, they just ran ball screens for him near half court, and he'd just come off of them, and like Ohio State went was going over ball screens like at half court. Because they were afraid, if we go under, he's gonna pull up from 35 feet and shoot a three. Are you surprised? You know,
0: did not wait till Laurel Roberts was uh, defeated to see if there's another Summit League guy out there that they can get. <laughs> or will? They, or has this guy as a 15 seed bypassed the Mountain West? He's ready. He's, right, about, to get, he's about to get a past, Power yep. Five job. Straight past the right Mountain past West, the he's five. going Indiana. Yep. Oh.
3: Okay, I have two things I'd like to ask you guys about. First of all, did you see how Musselman got his team up for Colgate?
2: Uh, by putting toothpaste <laughs> on the ground or something yes. like that in the locker room? I did see that.
3: Yes. Do you think that actually motivated anyone, or did everyone go, "What? What? what? I think. Oh, he, they, oh, they, they're Colgate. Okay, okay, I get it.
0: They think he's a little quirky. I'll tell you this, Jared. Let me t- and you would have gotten this right away, and I didn't. Uh, when Tyler and I were here Friday for the first round, I interviewed some people for the column. And the first guy I interviewed, he's like, "Hey, man," I go, "What'd you do? What'd you think?" He goes, "Because," so uh, and this is when Colgate was actually beating Arkansas early. He's "I got the uh, dental parlay, uh, Colgate and Oral Roberts," and I'm like, "Okay." And he keeps talking about it. And then, uh, and I, it's in the column, so I can say it. His buddy sits next to him. He goes, "I took Arkansas." which means uh, he took the people who fixed our teeth, and I took the ones with no teeth. (laughs) And then the kid said, well, I mean, it's in the column. It's in the paper. He goes, I can say those kind of things. I'm from Kansas. So I'm confused the entire time. I go back to our gambling writer, Todd, and I go, hey. This guy told the this guy took the dental parlay. I thought it was something to betting. He goes, "What the hell are you talking about?" I go, "Don't you know?" I got to explain it in the comments He goes, "What are you talking about?" I go, "Some guy took the dental parlay down here." Oral Robert Schoolgate. He looks at me. and goes, "You know what that means, right?" With the teeth. I'm like, "Oh, that's what that meant." I thought it was a real thing. I don't bet in this country. I'm not a sports bet. You don't bet
3: in this country. I, I,
0: I don't bet at all. And I, I, mean, it was like one of those things. Like the whole time, I'm, I got to get Dewey. I got to find Dewey. I don't know what this dental you parlay. You
2: thought dental is. parlay oh, was like oh, some absolutely. technical yes, betting? absolutely. I went. No, in, I went to the dental
4: parlay.
0: Yeah, I of went found Dewey, and Dewey looks at me. Goes, "What are you talking about?" I go, "This guy down here said he took over Roberts at the dental party Like, t- did a 15 second look at me. He goes, "Do you know the names of the two schools?" <laughs> and I'm yes. like, "Oh, that's what the kid meant." I thought it was some kind of like gambling jargon or something like that. What do I know? I don't Can we bet. make
3: it a gambling jargon? Yes, Can we get that trick? Absolutely. The dental parlay. Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's gotta be. So is it gonna be like a parlay that's that you hate? Like, cause you hate going to the dentist? Like what's? what's uh, I have a great dentist. I love going. Well, to the I mean,
0: I don't bet, so I get the. I, I guess the jargon around embedding could like they could add it and and come up with something. Uh, anytime Colgate and uh, and uh, and uh, uh. Oh, we're gonna Oral make it. A, we're gonna make it specifically yeah. Colgate
2: and Oral Roberts yeah. every year. Dewey
0: was laughing his head off. He goes, you think there's another cool school called Crest?" <laughs> he goes, "Is that is that what we're doing now? We're making up names." Anyway, All I right. figured out what it was.
3: The only <laughs> other thing I was gonna say is, as bad as the internet has been over the last like. Half decade, the amount of memes that came out of Oral Roberts scoring sixty nine points was just well, delightful.
0: You've you've gotten emails of a certain, uh, let's say, adult site, which has offered the Oral Roberts coaches and players uh, some uh, gifts. And we're saying here before the show, it's a, it's a Christian faith school. It's like, it's like Angel said, oh. you can, you can offer them that because you know they're not going to take advantage.
3: I don't know about that, but all right, <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> Moving on. I'm old. LeBron
2: James <laughs> has a high ankle sprain. He is expected to miss three
3: to four weeks. Um, oh, man. We got to clear out some space for this topic. 15 minutes.
2: What is interesting on the Lakers is that they're only two and a half games ahead of sixth place right now. They're not going to have LeBron James for maybe a month. Anthony Davis is out as well. Like, there's a legitimate chance the Lakers fall down to a five-seed, six-seed in the Western Conference going into the playoffs, which would be a bizarre playoff series. Like, imagine being Phoenix, and you have a great season. You get the three-seed in the West, and your first-round matchup is a fully healthy, fully rested LeBron James and Anthony Davis.
0: Okay, so let's say they fall to the sixth, and they're both completely healthy. Do you think they
2: care? No, not no, at they all. They don't care at all. I don't think so at all. Because what well, was it? His was it his last year in Cleveland that they were in the four five matchup in care. the first round and went to the finals yeah. because the regular season was rather yeah. insignificant. Now, on that note, LeBron has been playing a ridiculous amount of minutes this year. Like they ha- he he has been like you know as far as how much he's playing, taking the regular season seriously. Now that's going to change with Those his injury, change. obviously. Yeah, exactly. But it's uh yeah I, I mean. At the end of the day, if you're the Lakers, it's get in and, and yeah, okay, and just win. Whatever. Yeah. we got to play the Clippers in the second round. Yeah. That's fine. The Jazz are waiting for us in the Western Conference Finals. Whatever. I don't think they're going to be too concerned no. with uh, if what If they're their both healthy. Is. Now, yes. if they're not, then there's an issue. If they're not healthy, their title odds are yes. drastically cut. Yes. If, if just one of those guys is out, just they, one of them. they probably don't get out of the West. They probably don't even come close to you. They might lose in the first round to Phoenix if they only yeah. have one of those guys. Jazz Heat. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. (laughs) Are the Heat even in a playoff spot? Jesus, get out of here with your Hall of Famers. Uh, Blake Griffin dunked in a game for the first time since 2019. It just happened to be his debut for the Brooklyn Nets. So the last two years, he has gone without dunking in the NBA. Who is Blake Griffin? He's not himself anymore. And his first game for the Nets. He's soaring above the rim to dunk it. Uh, has he fooled the entire NBA into thinking he was
3: worse than he actually was? So oh, I don't want to go that far. <laughs> By the way, the heat
0: in the five spots, so they're in the playoffs, uh, Hall of Fame coach. But uh, two points and two rebounds and 15 on a minute's restrictions. I don't want to go that far. Good for him that he dunked, though. He could f- prove that he can still do this.
2: Well, if he can dunk, he might actually yeah. be worthwhile to have on that team now. Otherwise, it was just a power forward that plays below the rim. That's not doing very much for you. But if he can dunk, that'll be good. But. The Nets. Oh, we got to get the Nets in the finals. Let's just fast forward you to the, think Nets they have a good in the chance? finals. Oh, they should be. Yeah. Let's just get them there, 76ers are there? I don't want to watch the damn 76ers and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons.
0: Well, they're only one game out. So I, th- I think they I think they should be the favorites, yeah. I don't know if Blake Griffin's going to push them over the top. Well, he can dunk now, Ed. Us. Oh, that's right. He, he can, can dunk. dunk. Yeah, the odds just went up. I, I might take the Nets and the Lakers in a dental parlay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I might do that. Because I know that exists somewhere.
4: <laughs> Next question.
2: Kenny Galladay signed with the New York Giants. It was a four-year deal worth $72 million. Only 40 of that is guaranteed, though. So that works out if he played out the whole thing, got the whole contract. It would be $18 million a year for four years. Um, which, were you expecting higher for Kenny Galladay? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh... You talked a lot
0: about this in terms of the top guys out there and what they would get. And then the second level, and we saw what the Raiders did and and where they went. But 40 guaranteed? guaranteed—it's a lot.
2: Yeah, I I I think, like, Allen Robinson, for example. feel bad for
0: him that he went to the Giants. Yeah, if Allen
2: Robinson had become available, like, his projected was over 20. You were were looking at 21, 22. Okay. Galladay was behind Robinson, I think, by most people's, you know, rankings. Yeah, Yeah, sure. But not far enough that it to me I was surprised it was 18. I thought Kenny Galladay was going to get 20 million or more and I think Kenny Galladay might be an example of how this offseason with the pandemic yeah it's kind of killed some of these free agent deals even for some of the top of the market now on the Giants they're going to be good on offense. Barkley healthy Saquon Barkley Kenny Galladay Evan Ingram at tight end is Daniel Jones good all I know is Daniel Jones is he's surprisingly good at running
3: Mm. When he, and then he falls down and Then
2: he trips, but he picks up 70 yards first Like How healthy is Barkley? Yeah, That's it gonna should be, a be huge fine yeah. I think is their expectation It's it's not a great division uh, But the, the Giants offense they, Their skill positions look pretty good Like It, it, it looks yeah. like a solid skill position group In a bad division So it, it might be enough that they can contend And win 7 or 8 games And actually get in the playoffs Daniel Jones is better than when
0: I was in Nashville The draft and some guy fainted in a Giants jersey When they took him <laughs> They had to carry that guy out
2: because he was just so depressed <laughs> at the pick. Like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Man,
4: you know, that's a great question.
2: The Broncos signed Kyle Fuller, a one-year deal worth $9 oh, million. The
0: local team missed out.
2: So Kyle Fuller oh. was the Bears cornerback that they released. He has been a pro bowler before. And just to just to give you a little bit of context here. Kyle Fuller got nine million guaranteed for one year. Oh. The Raiders gave a backup running back eleven million guaranteed over two years. This was the guy. You said it last
0: week when they released him. They go get that guy. This is the guy you need more than you know more than you do the backup running back, the Joker. I would take the top cornerback over the Joker, but they took the Joker.
2: The Joker. It's just I you look at I mean, at don't that, they have the money for this. You look at that signing and you say why wouldn't you? That's yeah. a that's a Marcus Mariota yes, release exactly. away from happening. Yes, exactly. And that's that's one of the that's what hasn't made a lot of sense about this offseason for the Raiders. And again, the offseason's not over. Still don't know. There's still secondary, there's still defensive backs out there. They can go sign Richard Sherman or whatever. Yeah, there's a guy who just hasn't been signed yet. No. Kind of interesting. Raiders, why he hasn't Raiders, Raiders going to get him for cheap. Not by the Raiders, but by anybody. But it, Even though it's still not over, it's still bizarre to look at the Raiders' free agency and see that they have not signed a single person in the secondary. Meanwhile, they signed a backup running back and gave him $11 million guaranteed when they could add Kyle Fuller on a one year deal for $9 million. Well, they re signed Nevin Loss. Does that count? Shouldn't. Here here was the stat from Josh (laughs) Dubow. Nevin Lawson. Josh coming through with more Raider pro stats. Since 2004, Nevin Lawson has played 4,005 defensive snaps. It's the most snaps for any defensive back in the NFL without an interception. 4,005. The next highest is 2,800. Boy, does Dubow ever sleep. (laughs) Jesus. Boy, he comes up with some numbers. Uh, it's not a good number.
0: No, it's not a good number. So, okay, so, but what if I tell you Nevin Lawson is depth only, and they're going to start signing some better that, guys? I would fine. hope so. There's nothing wrong, uh, with, well, there's so nothing wrong, wrong with that, hard. right? I mean,
2: yeah, I mean maybe your depth could be better, but yes, if you the, ideally yeah. you're signing over Nevin Lawson. But as we sit here today, they Nevin, done it. Nevin Lawson would be your starting slot corner, and Jeff Heath would be your starting free Oof. safety, and then your other three starters are. Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, and David Arnett. Arnett. Uh, you're not winning. You're not going to the playoffs if that's your secondary. Like you got to sign at least two, if not three or four guys. It's the pressure that's going to be help. applied
0: by Yannick Ngakwe up top. Yannick
2: Ngakwe. All right, here's what we're going to do next. We want your calls. Come on, let's go. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. UNLV has hired Kevin Kruger. We want your thoughts on the hire. Seven zero two. 364 1100 is the phone number. Did UNLV make a good hire? Did UNLV make a lazy hire? Do you think Kevin Kruger's going to get it done? Are you happy it's a former rebel that's here? 702 364 1100 is the number. We want your calls on UNLV hiring Kevin Kruger.
4: Murray under center here on the 29. Third down and four. They're going to hand it off to Kenyon Drake up the middle. First down, and he's going to have maybe a touchdown. He's at the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Kenyon Drake well over 100 yards without one icing on the cake
0: you're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler you think that guy knew he was being a poet and said icing on the cake with Kenyon Drake or you think he just that that just came out of his mouth no that's on purpose that's on purpose
2: that's He's, thinking be on He's one of those
0: guys up night at 2 in the morning. What do I say if Kenyon yeah. Drake yes, scores?
2: exactly. That's on purpose. He's got a rhyme for every player on the roster. Um, for some reason, Jared decided to go to the bathroom after we gave out the phone number. So if you called in and didn't uh, have an answer for a long time, it's because Jared ran away. Uh, the number is 702-364-1100. Uh, we're looking for... Your calls on T.J. Otzelberger, or excuse me, Kevin Kruger, getting hired as UNLV's new head coach to replace T.J. Otzelberger. So, 702-364-1100 is the number. 702-364-1100. What did you think of the hire? Did you think it was a good one? Do you think it was a bad one? Was it lazy? Is it good to have a former running rebel on the sidelines? 702 702- 364 1100 is the phone number. Give us a call and give us your opinion. Now, before we get to some of these calls, um, Minnesota's going to steal a Mountain West coach, aren't they?
0: He's going to steal someone. So, uh, from a TV station in Minneapolis, nor- first of all, Northern Iowa Hoops coach Ben Jacobson uh, interviewed for the Gophers Job over the weekend. Uh, also, the uh, the tweet is We hear at least one other in person interview has already occurred with at least one more on the horizon today Utah State coach Craig Smith. Is expect to interview in person. So there's three guys in the Mountain West with ties: Brian Dutcher, and we don't know if who's the other in-person interview. Craig Smith, and also Nico Medvedev from uh, Colorado State. Now they're still in the NIT, so I don't think he would have interviewed yet. But yeah, I mean, if you three out of four, you'd expect maybe they lose a Mountain West coach to uh, Minnesota. The thing I laugh at—I should, I guess, I shouldn't laugh at—because his dad was there, like Dutcher's. They keep, they keep saying Eric Musselman. Do people realize the? Advantages of being at an SEC school with the money and stuff. Why would he leave when he's got going at Arkansas right now for Minnesota? Nothing against Minnesota, but you yeah. know what I mean. It's like yeah. an SEC school with the money.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'd leave Arkansas for Minnesota. <laughs> no. I don't think I would. Um, and Arkansas, as you found out on uh, Friday, nobody has teeth there either. So that was not me.
0: That was a person I interviewed <laughs> who's from Kansas, which I still think is the funniest part because I don't really know what that means. I've
4: been to Kansas and it appears they have teeth.
2: All right, we got Will. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on Kevin Kruger getting hired?
4: What's up, Will? Well, I think he's a great hire, I'll tell you why. Going back to, I can't remember who they were playing uh, in the round of 32. Maybe Ed recalls, but it wasn't Wisconsin. It was the other team. Was that Georgia Tech, uh, the year that Kevin was uh, the point guard? But I remember him getting into Gaston Asenge on the court. Gaston Asenge was really dogging it and uh, wasn't showing much uh, of anything. uh, And it seems like... uh, Oh, uh, Joe Anthony had to play just that much hard to make up for it, and he lit into him. And uh, Gaston looked like he was ready to go to, to uh, have a fight with Oh uh, uh, Kevin. And Gaston played better, and they and won the game. But it wasn't Wisconsin. I don't recall exactly who it was uh, that round of 32 back in 07 when they uh, they won the uh, uh, the second round and got to the Sweet 16. Will-
0: I'm gonna check wheel, but I think it went Georgia Tech, Wisconsin losing to uh, Oregon in the Sweet 16. So if it's the second round, I think it was uh, Bo Ryan and Wisconsin. You might be talking about the first round against Georgia Tech. Um, That was uh, it. Yeah, first round against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. And uh, Kevin was a great leader. There's no question about that. Um, He was a typical, you know, his point guard leader, and yeah, he uh, he was. You know, the thing about Kevin, as I wrote today, and Lon is a lot like this too. They're two of the most competitive people i ever met in my life, but if you see them off the court, like they're genteel and nice and very approachable, right. but when they get on the court, they're extremely competitive. So Kevin was exactly that way as a player. I mean, he would do anything to win, but then you got in the locker room with him, and like Tyler said earlier, he's going to be great with the media because when he's off the court and with the media and people like that, he's great. He's just like his dad. So, yeah, I do remember that, and uh, obviously it was a great run for them.
4: And uh, he's going to be a good hire. Just, just give him some time and – We'll be back in the NCAAs before you know it.
2: Thanks for the call, Thanks, Will. Will. We appreciate it. Um, all right, seven zero two 702 702-364-1100 is the number. If you've got thoughts on Kevin Kruger, uh, Andre, what are your thoughts on Kevin Kruger being UNLV's next head coach?
1: I honestly think it's a bad hire. Not to take anything away from the guy, I just think that they should they, they
4: dropped the ball and they should have hired a guy like a Rick Tatino. Uh, Rick Tatino uh, would have brought in. Uh, Top-notch players, and he is
1: what Vegas is all about. Uh, I just think that you know we need to start embracing Sin City. I think Rick Pitino <laughs> is all about translate, that. and and we need a splash here in this city. And I'm tired of UNLV being sorry for 20 years and 20 plus more with hires like. Kevin
2: Krug. Thanks for the call, Andre. Andre. Um, Do you know how much I would love Desiree Reed-Francois stepping up to a press conference to say, we're embracing Sin City. Rick Pitino is our next head coach. It would be the greatest press conference line that UNLV has ever had. Uh, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on Kevin Kruger? Jimmy. Yeah,
4: hello. What do you got, buddy? Hey, I, I think it's a good hire. I think of uh, Baylor's program when Drew, uh, uh, Drew took it over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, you know, I'm so impressed of how he's built Baylor up. And I just hope uh, uh, Kevin, you know, he comes from, you know, you know his pedigree. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just think uh, this gives us an opportunity to, uh, in the long haul, have a good young coach that grows the program into uh, something very respectable. And uh, we, we, we have uh, lost our respectability.
0: Well, I, I will tell you this. If he can get into the portal like Drew did and get the guys Baylor got, then they're going to be really good. Because if you yeah, watched so. Baylor yesterday, three of those five starters were from the portal, and uh, those guards are unbelievable. So it's not easy to do, but if he can get into the portal and get really good players, as Tyler said, maybe two better players than they had last year, yeah, I think they can contend in that league right away.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You guys do a great job. And, uh Always enjoy listening to you. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Man. Don't appreciate be that.
2: It, don't be nice to us. Go be on, meaner do to us. Do not be nice. We appreciate it. Thanks, right. Jimmy. Um, so I, I think he used the word respectable there, mm-hmm. and to contrast it with what Andre said about Rick Pitino and trying to, you know, get the, the top highest players, I think UNLV might be better off trying to get the respectable first, and then. Well, and then,
0: do you? How do you view the respectables? Is he talking about just specifically on court wins or anything? Because his dad was brought in to really get that place back to you know respectability and, and calm everything down. There was all you know, a lot of storms around that program, and he did an incredible job of that. So do you think he meant respectability and just contending for the Mountain West, or do you think he means the entire culture of the program?
2: I think the, the, the idea that if you're a UNLV basketball fan right now, you're a little bit embarrassed to be a UNLV basketball fan right now, I think that's where you're at. I think that's the level of, hey – uh, I'd, I'd like to be able to put on my UNLV shirt and not feel bad about it. All right, last call here. James, what do you got on Kevin Kruger? So, James?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's a pretty good call. He's got some uh, experience as uh, a head coach uh, before, I believe it was Grand Canyon or something, where he was a head coach. And uh, I think, you know, as far as Rippertino goes, I mean, there's a lot of baggage there. So, I think the choice was good. And if you look at this, maybe this time next year, we'll see uh, UNLV in the uh, NCAA tournament, along with Oklahoma, and it'll be uh, dad uh, against son.
0: That'd be <laughs> I great. Hope, I hope so. Listen, oh, man. man? I don't know much, but I'm telling you, if that committee has a chance to do that, you'll see that on the 8-9 line. (laughs) That
2: will be an 8-9 game, had to do a one seed. Loser gets blasted by (laughs) Gonzaga, but the 8-9 game, that's the matchup. (laughs) Thanks for the call, James. We appreciate it.
1: You got it, bud. All right.
2: They uh, they will make that happen. (laughs) Coming up next, John Wilner joins us to talk about the uh, surprising Pac-12 in the NCAA tournament. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 f.m. Joining us now is John Wilner. You can follow him on Twitter at Wilner Hotline. John, how are you this morning? Hey, Johnny. I'm good, thanks. How hey you guys? Good. We are good. So, I want to ask you, are, are you even surprised at how well the Pac-12 was performed in the NCAA Tournament?
3: A little
1: bit, yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't expect all five teams to get through to the second round. There's no doubt about that. Uh, You know, a couple, maybe, but not not all five.
0: What do you, you, I mean, look, we're seeing, John, we're seeing these matchups, and that's the whole cliche about the tournament. Well, it's matchups, and we have seen some lower seeds do some kind of damage here to get to the 16. Has it been mostly that, or did we undervalue uh, Pac-12 teams coming in?
1: You know, I'm not sure about the undervalue thing. It's hard because everything gets framed by how you play in your non-conference season, right? Right. That sets the net rankings, that sets the AP poll, the seedings, and the Pac-12 did not, it didn't have, obviously, a full allotment of non-conference games, but it also played very poorly. You know, you know bad results in those games, so that frames everything, Um you know, I, I just think part of it has to do with the fact it's all in Indianapolis, right? Because usually right. the high seeds have some kind of home court and geographic advantage, and that's not the case this year. So I think that that's one reason why we're seeing more lower seeds advance, because, because it's a purely neutral environment.
2: So uh, unlike Oregon State, as an example, this is a team that they lost to Wyoming from the Mountain West. I think they lost, was it Portland, I think, too, in the non-conference play, like, what, how many times this season did you think, man, this Oregon State team is no good, and now you look up and they in the Sweet 16?
1: Uh, there were a few times. I mean, they had that, that, you know, they weren't very good early on, and then they had a bad stretch during the season. They did start playing much better. Uh, you know, in the second half of February, they reeled off a bunch of wins, and you thought, okay, well, you know, they're all right, but there's at, at no point ever do you think that, well, there's a Sweet 16 team. And, you know, frankly, They're one free throw away from not having made the tournament because UCLA had a free throw with three seconds left to win the game and missed it, and that went into overtime in the Pac-12 quarterfinals. And then Oregon State won that game, and they haven't lost since. So, it's you know, everything is just so on the margins.
0: Every You know, look, everyone says uh, the haves and have-nots and the Power Fives, John, against uh, everyone else. Uh, You've got a great thing up right now uh, in terms of the range of record-breaking cash the Pac-12 will have. Compare, Keep the non-Power 5s out there, but compare financially the Pac-12 to everyone else and how important, I'm sure mid-majors want to hear this, but how important it would be to the Pac-12 this kind of cash inflow comparative to maybe an SEC or someone like that?
1: Well, I mean, you know, they're way behind, right? I mean, Pac-12 teams uh, are bringing, bringing home $10 million less per team than SEC and $20 million less per team than Big Ten. Uh, each year because of the TV contracts. So, this is money that can help, you know, uh, hiring coaches, recruiting budgets, facilities, all that kind of thing that is so important to, you know, day to day success. Uh, it's not, yeah, it's not football money, right? I mean, men's basketball money and football money are two totally different things, but the Pac 12 is, has got a bunch of athletic departments that are in the red, deep in the red. Uh, and not just because of the pandemic. So this is, you know, every win is, is more money, right? Every win is basically $2 million uh, yeah. over a six-year period.
2: What is going to happen with the Pac-12 network?
1: I mean, you could throw, uh, throw a dart at a dartboard <laughs> and not, <I>, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know exactly. Well, something is going to happen. Uh the question is, what happens if win, right? Their contracts are up in the summer of 2024, and there's certainly some they're looking into whether they can make some changes beforehand. They could shut down the six regional feeds and just have a national network like the Big Ten. Uh, they could close the whole thing down. They could sell it to ESPN or Fox. There's a lot of options, but the reason that they're investigating all this stuff is because the network is, uh, as a business, it's a failure, and they need to do something sooner than later, because the longer they wait, the, the worse position they're in. Uh,
0: you might already be this, but I'm going to put you on the selection committee for the next Pac-12 commissioner. Uh, but if you're not, and you'd have final say, what type of person, uh, resume, what does this league need the most from the next person who will essentially lead it?
1: Well, I think there's two things that are equally important. One is someone who understands campus existence, someone who has worked on a campus and knows what it's like to deal with the athletes every day and understands the financial challenges that are occurring every day on the campuses. Larry Scott did not come from college sports. He There has been this 12-year detachment between the conference office and the campuses. And they've got to solve that. Uh, and the other thing is they need somebody with some football, you know, expertise and strategic vision who can kind of map out a plan to get Pac-12 football relevant, right? The next three, four years, uh, you know, for all everybody in, in FBS are huge. You got playoff expansion, tra- immediate eligibility for transfers, name image likeness, media rights deals. I mean, these are big things, and they're all going to happen in the next few years. Pac-12 needs somebody who can... Get the conference football product in a position to succeed at the other, on the other side of this massive amount of change. Uh,
0: then let me ask you this because, you know, we've seen schools, we've heard about super conferences, some schools have jumped to the others. I don't think this happen given the number they are now. But for years it's like, okay, who from the West would fit best? Would it be San Diego State? Would it be UNLV? Would it be these schools that want desperately to be in a power five? One, is there anyone out there like that? And two, the the argument I've heard on the other side is, hey, why would we take one of those two schools? We compete against them now. Why would we bring them in uh, for them a chance to be even with us? Do you think it expands, and is there anyone in the West that you would take?
1: Well, I don't think that there's anyone in the West that the Pac-12 really wants. Uh, There's nobody in the West that is going to add value, uh, media rights value, to the Pac-12, right, because of the – You just look at the TV markets and where the Pac-12 already is and what's available out there. I mean, San Diego is basically, you know, a second-tier Pac-12 TV market right now as it is. Same with Vegas. So there's just not – there's no value. You can't add a couple of schools and have more money for the continuing members, Mm -hmm. right? The size of the pie is not going to expand enough. If the Pac-12 – I mean, really the only options for the Pac-12 – are oklahoma and texas and i don't know that texas is ever going to work and i think if oklahoma goes anywhere it's going to be the sec
2: so would they consider a lesser team from the state of texas if it's not the university of texas
1: i don't think so because because then you're adding a school that's not going to increase the size of the pie for the remaining right you got the pies cut 12 ways right now if you're going to add schools, you've got each slice has got to get bigger. Instead of just cutting it 14 ways, you got you gotta have bigger slices. And other than Texas and Oklahoma, I don't see how any schools got enough value to for the TV networks to increase the the size of each slice for the continuing members.
0: Uh, you know, all the, of them have advanced. Uh, who among those teams in the Pac-12? Would you favor to uh, get to a Final Four and maybe take a chance at winning it?
1: I mean, I feel like there's, you know, betting against Oregon State right now is is you know <laughs> like like uh, giving the, a middle finger to the basketball gods. I don't want to get in front of that train, but uh, at the same time, Loyola was Loyal was really good, right? So, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I. I I don't know. I, I guess Oregon State only because you know the. I, I see some really uh, like I think Alabama is really good, and I, I think obviously Gonzaga is really good. Uh, so I don't know about that that side, but that, you know who knows? I mean, there could be Pac-12 could put two teams in the Final Four. It's just yeah. it's that crazy of a of a season and that crazy of a tournament. Uh, and and the other thing is, it's been a long time since the Pac-12 had you know, upsets in their brackets that created easier paths for their teams. Like UCLA now getting to play Abilene Christian, right? That Those kind of things happen all the time. They just hadn't happened in the Pac-12 in a long time. It's like, you know, every kind, everything kind of averages out, and now maybe this is the Pac-12's turn to get a whole bunch of lucky breaks.
2: They'd have to go through, presumably go through Gonzaga at some point, but do you think USC was the best team in the Pac-12 this year?
1: Uh, I do not think USC was the best team in the Pac-12. No, um, I, I think it was. Well, I mean, you could argue it was Colorado. You could argue it was Oregon. Even even UCLA. The Bruins had a problem when you know when they lost Chris Smith. But uh, I mean, I, I think SC. Um, they may have the best player, but I don't. I would give. I don't give SC the best chance at all. I mean, I think they got a big problem tonight too with Kansas. Right, so. Uh, you know, UCLA, in terms of being built for the, for the tournament, you know, and being able to play half court, right? UCLA is built for the tournament. If they can, if Johnny Juzang and, and Jacques can keep going, they got a great chance.
0: Uh, Just another former UNLV coach, Mick Cronin. Uh, So finally, we know what what happened with Oregon, uh, and horrible for VCU kids. You don't want to see that. But they get, uh, you know, uh, bide through to now Iowa, good or bad for them, after everyone's been playing these games and they've kind of been sitting in a hotel room and they have a great coach. But uh, what do you expect from them today against Iowa?
1: Well, it'll be interesting, right? I mean, on the whole – you you get guarantee, you guaranteed to advance with that that no contest right so you don't risk the loss in the first round but at the same time you're, you know I think it's ten days it might even be eleven since they would have last played that's that's certainly a disadvantage uh, and they got a big problem with with uh, Luca Garza but you know Altman's a great coach and they've got they've got a number of ways they can score and they're very good defensively so I I would not be surprised at all to see uh, Them advance. I mean, we could get Oregon against USC in the Sweet 16, right? Which would be unfortunate for the Pac 12 because then you know one's going to get eliminated. I mean, that's a very Pac 12 thing to have happen, but uh, <laughs> but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think I think Oregon's got a better chance against Iowa
0: than SC does against
2: Kansas. Well, he is John Wilner again. Follow on Twitter at Wilner Hotline. John, we appreciate it this morning. Thanks,
0: John. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Look at the Pac-12 showing up in the NC tournament. Meanwhile, the Big Ten sending everybody home. Yeah. What, do they have three teams three left, left in the Big Ten yeah. out of the nine they got in? Yeah. It's not good. It's not good if you're the Big Ten. And one of them is Maryland, who might lose today. Have you ever seen
0: or heard of a commissioner
2: that took uh, the grief that, that Larry Scott did? Oh, in? what a
0: disaster. Oh, Larry Scott. What the, a
2: be- disaster. the best thing, John Wilner on Twitter, is people talking or tweeting at him, is this uh, our Pac-12 school is finally winning because Larry Scott's gone?
0: <laughs> for the for, I don't know. I didn't follow all of Larry Scott's crew. I followed the media who covered him. I guess the best thing Larry Scott did for Vegas is bring all the events here. Yes. Other than that, yes. I don't know what he has.
2: He's been great for Vegas <laughs> in the Pac-12. I don't know about the actual Pac-12, but the city of Vegas, it's been yeah. great. All right. Coming up next, uh, a sharp one on Friday. Yeah, I did. Yep. So we'll see if, uh, if we got any more college basketball picks coming your way.
0: It's time to find the sharp, brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the
3: very best odds.
2: What's happening here? Where's Mike? He's out, of, Mike. He's, out, Our he's, sharp. out he's out fishing. He's sharp.
3: He's out fishing.
2: What, what do you guys know, Mike? He goes fishing all the time? He's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. he's a huge he, fisherman. Huge yeah. Fisherman. All right. So I didn't know that. Apparently, we have a more intimate relationship with Mike than I was aware of. I didn't know that. Mike, uh, like.
0: Mike goes back to the old press box days, where uh, actually he and his wife came in to see Clay and I one day, uh, right off the uh, right off the boat. Huge fisherman. He, All like, right. Like big, not just a guy who goes out like someone who's really good at it.
2: Mike, you won yeah, on Friday. He's, he's You're like supposed to give us another right? pick.
0: Yo, yeah, he's he's done like competitions, bass competitions. Yeah, he's he's like a real fisherman. He's not like one of us who just get a pole and go out and like flip it in the minute. water. Wait a minute.
2: Where do you fish in Las Vegas?
0: Wherever my fish is. I yeah, know. I
2: don't know,
0: like, uh, me. No. Yeah. Is that it? Is that the only
3: place to go fishing? Uh, I
0: okay. He's in a lot of bass contests. I've been know. fishing. I assume s- they're not here though.
3: Several times while living here in Las Vegas, and multiple times I do not know where I am. I just my dad. <laughs> well, you know, that's but isn't my that daily? it's not daily occurrence? My, yeah, yeah that's fair not enough. But you. my dad will just go. We're going fishing, and then we wind up at like a place that I'm like. Where is this? Like, there's water and there are fish, and it's just us and a bike on an empty, like, sandbank. And I'm like, is this where the mob dump bodies?
2: All right. So, are we giving? Are we going to give Mike? Are yeah. we going to make him tweet at us or something? I just tweeted at him, Mike. Where are you? We'll okay. Call for your next pitch. Brutal, oh. brutal, Mike. And he's always on Twitter. Where is this guy? I know. Wait, Jared said, "Oh, was oh. that an, an O?" Oh, Mike's calling. Jared. Once again, we're doing great radio here at ESPN. Mike,
0: I'm sorry, ringer was off. <laughs> call him, Jared. Call him right now. <laughs> call him. I'm here. I'm sorry. The ringer was off. <laughs> oh, it's great radio.
2: Worst stuff. One day we're just going to do the worst stuff and play a loop of this Wait, stuff. This and, uh, this, this type great. of segment oh, every time. Oh, it's beautiful. Time, yeah, the worst me stuff. wondering where people <laughs> go fishing and Mike telling us, oh, my phone wasn't on. What am oh, I supposed to do? I, I don't know where people fish. That's I'm actually more interested to well, find we out Well, we can ask Mike. him when he calls or when where, we get him. Yeah, where do, where do you fish? Than I am to find out what his actual pick is. But Mike picked Florida. And I don't know what Jared's doing back there, but have we not gotten? We've Mike got yet? a
3: fishing expert on the line. All right, right, all right. Got Mike. All right, Mike, got Mike, before you give us your... No, pick, no, no, different, different, Mike. <laughs> we need the sharp Mike. This is not the sharp Mike. He's going to tell us no. where to fish. Okay, all right.
2: It's, it's amazing not that someone called, but that his name's also Mike. Okay, <laughs> all right, Mike. Where do you go fishing in Las Vegas?
1: You can fish over at uh, uh, Julie Springs, I believe. You can fish at Sunset park and then uh oh i think it's uh oh the one over on uh lake mead off a of rancho there's another little place over there uh twin lakes
2: gotcha so there's gotcha. three there's three places three places in las mm-hmm. vegas you can go fish and one of them is sunset in- park which i you can't like get in a boat you just got to stand on the, the side thing about of sunset park lake, you can yeah. fish there and also play disc golf thank you mike so you can we have both. other
3: mics so i'm okay. gonna let you go thank Thanks, you very much fish. for I telling us heard where heard
2: All right, Mike the Sharp. Angler Mike. Mike, you got Florida. What's up? You got Florida plus one and a half on Friday. Good thing you bet on Friday and not uh, yesterday. Where would you like to go for your second pick? I'm a
4: little torn, but I'm going to go with, let's go with Iowa.
2: Oh, Iowa. All right. Iowa today, they're playing Oregon, so they're minus five, which means we'll give them to you at minus four and a half. Yeah. Uh, will be the number you get so iowa minus four and a half good luck mike you Thanks, get that mike. we'll be get talking back down in the r. water
0: buddy talk to you tomorrow take care all
2: right. so all right, okay now i'm thoroughly confused mike r sharp is not a fishing expert
0: no he is he no, is. no he, he
2: does he does
0: nothing but fish he and his wife
2: so so jared some other person named mike called in <laughs> to tell us where to fish
3: fishing people named mike is our main demographic <laughs> outside of my mom
2: Jared's mom and
0: fisherman named Mike. That's pretty much keeping the show alive.
2: (laughs) No one else listens to us. So you're telling me that somebody else out there with the name Mike was listening, heard us wondering where you fish in Las Vegas, and called called you to tell us where you fish in Las Vegas.
3: That is an accurate, like, recap of what just occurred on the press box. I mean,
0: that other fisherman, Mike, must listen to us, because how do you know what number to call?
3: I we don't give know
0: it out. I we don't give know what I don't
3: know what's happening on And the show I left right I now. left the phone lines open for once because uh well, what if Mike calls? So, <laughs> and Mike did call. It just was a different Mike.
2: So you so you guys know Mike Simon is our shark, right? Huge yes. fisherman. Okay. New yeah. And random Mike we don't know. We have no idea who that person is. is the one who called is. <laughs> <in. laughs> okay. no All right. I'm just very very confused about Mike's and fishing today. I
0: mean, I liked Fisherman Mike, the other one, calling him. But when he said those places, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, boy. I guess I just know
3: Lake Mead, right?
2: Oh, boy. Cassie oh my Soto. God.
3: Oh, Cassie Soto's get, answering? Need, oh, my God. We on, need to hold get. Hold on, Jared.
2: Hold all on, right, Jared. go ahead. Cassie Soto just told us that her mom went fishing for trout at Floyd Lamb uh, yesterday. Yeah. All, right, all right,
0: yeah. We, we, we don't want to hear from you. You don't show up to the show. We got things waiting for you. We'd Did... like your mom to show up, though. Bronco Babe can come in. Did she
2: catch any? Do we think her? Do we think Cassie's mom caught any fish? You know she was out there in a weird Ryan Reeves jersey. That oh Carlos, that Los was out a... there. Los excited about Kevin
3: Krueger. Probably, probably wore the UNLV jersey.
2: Oh, out. don't push. They're going fishing in Las Vegas jerseys. <laughs>